Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, where my family and I have the privilege of serving as missionaries, working with men and women of God here, training them for the ministry, training them in church planting, training them in teaching, uh, doing everything we can to influence their lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ and in biblical training. And uh, it is just a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to be here. Uh, I always say this, that I am having the time of my life, and I truly mean that with all of my heart. I can't think of anything else in this world that I would rather be doing right now uh, than teaching and training men for the ministry. And what a blessing it is to be a part. Right now we have about uh, 11 churches down here in the Masaka region, uh, the central part of Uganda that we are working with. And then up in the Kalido area, uh, we have about 22 churches up there that we're working with, nationals, uh, training these men, helping them to become the pastors that God wants them to be. And uh, it is just a joy. It is a joy to be able to serve the Lord here. You know, a lot of people think that uh, missionaries, they think of missionaries and sacrifice. And and and, and really, when you, when you stop and think about the term sacrifice and uh, what, uh, when we talk about sacrifice, that is giving up something or uh, giving over something. Uh, that you love and that is precious to you. You know, a, a lot of times I find that we compare uh, the United States of America with other countries. And so we think that because we are leaving the United States of America and going to another country or going to a third world country, that that is sacrifice. And the truth of the matter is, I think a lot of times that we can have a very uh, low mentality, really, of what sacrifice is. I, I, I don't believe I'm sacrificing at all. Uh, I, I live here. I have a, a home that I'm renting, and uh, my, my wife is here. My ch- children are here. We're eating uh, three meals a day. We've got a great ministry. And uh, really, wh- I mean, what am I sacrificing? And, uh, you know, I think really uh, when we talk about the term sacrifice, I think we don't need to compare country to country. Uh, I think we need to compare the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. He left the glories of heaven. Think about that. He left the glories of heaven, everything, uh, perfection. He left his heavenly, he left his father. He left the throne of God. He left the perfection and the beauty of everything that is perfect and came to this earth to become a man, to become his creation in order that he may be put to death by his creation in order to save us from our sins. That is sacrifice. That is sacrifice. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I have not done anything in my life that even comes close 
uh, to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So don't feel sorry for us. Uh, we're having a great time over here, and uh, God continues to provide. God continues to meet our needs, and uh, we continue to have the health that we need that uh, to be able to accomplish the work here that God has called us to do, and uh, we are enjoying it. And I would encourage you, uh, if you ever desire to maybe take a missions trip or come over and see how things are going over here, you'll find it is a very different country, you a very different culture, very different people. They do things differently than we do in the United States of America. Uh, but you'll find that uh, as we are here, uh, we we live uh, we live comfortably. We live in in such a way that uh, uh, we're able to do the work of the ministry. And uh, yeah, we don't have a lot of the luxuries that uh, we have in the United States of America. Uh, but uh, but that's not what I'm comparing myself to. Uh, I compare myself to the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for me to save me from my sins. And uh, the truth is I have I have not sacrificed anything. I am just, I, I am enjoying myself and I count it a privilege uh, to be able to be here. I count it a privilege to be able to represent so many churches uh, as their missionary and as their one that they have sent out uh, to come to this country uh, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and establish churches and uh, train men and women of God for the ministry. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, that is what this program is all about, encouraging you uh, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But uh, there's a caveat to that. We need to make sure that what we're doing is abounding. We need to be abounding in the work of the Lord, looking for more and more opportunities to serve him, looking for more and more opportunities to please him, and uh, seeing what we can do uh, to impact eternity. And uh, that is that that is what we've got to do, uh, and and we talked uh, in our last uh, pr- I think a couple podcasts ago about following that which does not profit, and uh, we got to be very careful that our life is not consumed with that which does not profit, and and I'm I'm, not, I'm really afraid that that is why these days in 2023 it is very difficult to get people to surrender to the mission field uh, because we have to leave off so much of what we refer to as luxury and entertainment and and a lifestyle that that we like and that we're accustomed to and uh, we're not willing to give up that lifestyle to go to another place and reach people the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, it truly is sad it truly is sad that in a day where we need missionaries the most uh, missionaries are being sent out fewer and fewer and fewer and uh, and it, it really breaks my heart you know I look at our country and I look at the direction our country is going and uh, and and we're, we're not moving ahead I mean our country is not getting uh, more godly our country is not getting more spiritual it is it is it is digressing it is becoming a deviated culture and uh, and 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 at a time where we need churches to stand up and a time we need missionaries to be sent out at a time when need Christians uh, to determine their life to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, Sadly, we're living in a world today where Christians are not doing much for God at all. Uh, Everything is about this life and everything is about this comfort and and the comfort level that I desire to live in. And uh, truly, it it breaks my heart. I know it breaks the heart of God. And uh, would to God that we would have more young people that would surrender their lives uh, to leave the lifestyle they're 
they're accustomed to, to leave the family that they're with and, uh, and be able to come to another country, a country that may not have all the privileges and all the, uh, the luxuries that you may have enjoyed, but a country that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ and needs someone who will just care someone who will just care for them and, and invest their lives in them. And, and I'm so glad. I, I tell you, one day, if I lay on my deathbed and look back at my life and knowing and understanding that I've lived most of my life, the, the majority of my life I've lived here in the country of Uganda, I have no regrets. I have no regrets at all. I am so thankful that I could have given my life, that I gave my life uh, for this country, reaching this country uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope that God gives us many, many more years. Well, I tell you what, as as I have been teaching uh, not only in our Bible college here, but also teaching in our uh, Barnabas Baptist Bible Training Center up in Kalido. Uh, God just keeps bringing things to my mind, uh, again, around this thought of always abounding. And again, I know that uh, we've, I told you we're going to be going verse by verse to the book of First Thessalonians, looking at an abounding church. And uh, the last uh, two uh, podcasts, we were in the book of Jeremiah, and I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm going to do one more podcast here uh, out of First Thessalonians. We're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, all the way back to the book of Genesis. And so if you have your Bibles available, I'd like you to go back there. And, and I just want to share with you something that uh, God, God got a hold of my heart as I was teaching, where I was teaching through the uh, first 12 chapters of Genesis uh, there in Kalido and uh, just something that came to my mind that just really, really stirred me and and uh, caused me to see some things. And I hope today uh, that uh, I can be an encouragement to you and your family. Genesis chapter 7, Genesis and chapter 7, I want you to notice in verse number 1. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. God says, I want you to come into the ark, the ark that you have built, the ark that you have taken all this time to construct. He says, I want you to come into the ark and I, because I have found you righteous in this generation generation. That word is very, or that phrase is important in this generation. Notice in verse number five, and Noah did uh, according to all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of of the flood. And then look down in verse number 13. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. Now you say, Brother Keith, how in the world do these verses uh, give us a thought or give us a principle of this idea of always abounding. And and I just want I just want to leave you this thought today. We need to be always abounding in our genealogy. 
all right, in our genealogy. And you say, you say, Brother Keith, what in the world are you talking about? Well, if you go back, I, I just want to, I just want you to see some interesting things here uh, in the book of Genesis. We uh, we all understand that Adam and Eve uh, were the first uh, ones created. They were in the garden, uh, based upon the ages that we have seen by the different uh, people that lived. We understand that Adam was in the garden uh, for approximately a hundred years, and the Bible says in chapter three and verse number eight that uh, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. Now, my point in this verse here is to understand that Adam walked with God in the garden, and Adam had a very, no doubt, had a very close relationship with God, and they talked together, and and so you have someone here that was created by God. He was created as a perfect man, a a man that uh, had a perfect mind, a perfect brain, a perfect body in a perfect environment, and he walked with God, and and I I don't think there's anyone in the history of mankind that had a walk with God like Adam did, that had that a mind and a and a body and an environment and everything everything was perfect no one because of sin no one has ever had that kind of walk with god the bible also says in verse number 25 of chapter 4 and adam knew his wife again and she bare a son and called his name seth for god saith she hath appointed me another seed instead of abel whom cain slew and to seth to him also there was born a son and he called his name enos then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. So we have a man here by the name of Seth that is born to Adam. Adam or Seth bears Enos. And in this time period in history, uh, men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. There was a interest in the things of God. There was an interest in a fellowship with God. There was an interest in a relationship uh, with God. And uh, you find, and, and I believe in Genesis chapter 6, he says, in verse number one, it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all that they chose. Now, uh, we can disagree on that verse. There's a lot of good people that disagree on that verse as to who the sons of God were. I'll just simply say that I believe that this was the lineage, the line of Seth. And uh, he refers to these as the sons of God. These were, these were believers. These were from a godly lineage. And so Seth then produces Enos, and then the Bible says that Enos produced Canaan, and Canaan produced Mahaliel, and Mahaliel begat Jared, and then we have Jared producing a man by the name of Enoch. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God. Uh, the, the word or the name Enoch means dedicated. This was a man that was so close with God, so in tune with God, that the Bible says he walked with God and was not for God took him. Uh, one of the only men besides uh, Elijah that uh, was taken directly to heaven was this man by the name of Enoch, had such a walk with God, had such a relationship with God uh, that God took him to heaven. God did not allow him to see death. Enoch, while he was on the earth, produced a man by the name of Methuselah. 
And uh, we understand Methuselah was the longest living man that has ever lived, 969 years. And then Methuselah produced Lamech, and then Lamech produced Noah. Now you say, Brother Keith, what, what is the purpose of all this? From, from Adam to the birth of Noah, we have 10 generations. 10 generations of a what I believe was a godly line, a godly group of men, a godly group of men that passed things down one to another, Adam to Seth, Seth to Enos, Enos to Canaan, and on down Enoch to Methuselah, Methuselah to Lamech. And then we come to Noah, and the Bible says that Noah was a just man, and Noah walked with God. Now, here's my question. And this is what brought about the thought of this topic that I wanted to bring about today on this podcast. How in the world can you have such a godly line? I mean, men that, that walked with God, men that were just, men that called on the name of the Lord, men that had a, a relation. I mean, they saw God. They had the ability to communicate with God in a way that you and I today cannot. I mean, the... Adam walked, talked with God face to face. I mean, they walked together in the Garden of Eden. They begin to call on the name of the Lord. Enoch walked with God. Noah walked with God. I mean, these were godly men. There's no doubt about it. And so we have 10 generation, it appears, of godly men. Uh, and, and he specifically talks about Seth and Enos. He specifically talks about Enoch. He specifically talks about Noah. These were just men. These were men that walked with God. And there is every indication that the ones that produced him were of this same line, were of this same uh, desire to walk with God and be with God. But here's my question, and this is what, this is what brought about this whole idea. How in the world can we come to chapter number seven and we find only eight people getting in that boat? How is that possible? Now, if you look at the, if, if you look at, and I, and I got this information from, from Answers in Genesis, and so I did not do this, these calculations. This was from an article I read uh, in the Answers in Genesis magazine. But if, if you take the growth rate of a pre-flood area and you made it the same as the growth weight of, of uh, the year 2000, which was 0.012%, then at the time of Noah, you would have a population of approximately 750 million people, a worldwide population of 750 million people. Now, if you take into account the extreme lifespan of these people, I mean, these people were living six and seven and 800, 900 years old, and uh, the growth rate could have been much higher. And so if you took the growth rate and put it at 0.001%, then it's very possible that you could have had a population, a pre-FUD population of about 4 billion people, 4 billion people. And yet in all of this, in all of this time, when God says, all right, I am going to bring a flood, I'm going to destroy this earth because the wickedness of man is great. Every imagination of man is evil continually. I'm going to destroy this earth with a flood. And when it comes down to the time where the righteous are getting into the boat, all they could find was eight people. 
eight people, if, if we just take that low number of 750 million people, eight people out of 750 million people. And so my question is this, if, if you have such a godly line, if you have, it, it all started, these 10 generations all started with Adam and Adam gave this to Seth and Seth to Enos and so on all the way down. And we end up with Noah, a just man who walked with God. And, and the, it just begs the question, what happened? How can you have a group of these 10 men who walk with God and called on the name of the Lord and were righteous, just people? How in the world can we come to this, this ark? How in the world can we come to this flood and we can only find eight people to get in the boat? It is my opinion, it is my supposition here that God had to send the flood and, and God in his wisdom and God in his foreknowledge, seeing the way men were going, if you, if you were to give it just a couple more generations, it is very possible that this earth would have been left with absolutely zero righteous people. You say, how do you know that? Well, let's take a look at the, after the flood. Look at, look at Noah. Noah produced a son by the name of Ham. Ham produced a man by the name of Cush. And Cush produced a man by the name of Nimrod. Nimrod was the great-grandson of Noah. Nimrod was the one who, who built the Tower of Babel. Nimrod was the one who began this, this religion on the plain of Shinar there, this religion of Baal worship and this religion of, of, of worshiping uh, this, this, uh, the, the idea of worshiping the mother and the son. And we see that passed all the way down through the centuries and constantly Baal worship. And even we see it today, uh, we see it bore out out in religion today, uh, all, all the way back to the roots of Nimrod in Baal, we see Babylon being established there, uh, the foundation of Babylon there in Baal worship, all of that coming from a man by the name of Nimrod, who was the great-grandson of a man who walked with God. Nimrod was the great-grandson of a man who was righteous, Nimrod was a great-grandson of a man, the Bible said, who was a just man, a just man. Now you say, Brother Keith, what's your point? The point is that, that I believe that in our day and age, and, and, and it can happen anytime, we, we have today the, the completed word of God. They did not have the completed word of God back there. Today we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. They did not have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them at that time. In this day and age, we, we are in Christ. Our position is in Christ. In those days, they were not in Christ. They were, they were trying to take what Adam had given to them when Adam walked with God and when Adam was in the Garden of Eden and, and they begin to call on the name of the Lord. And, and we don't have all of the details, but, but they didn't have a law of God. They didn't have the word of God uh, in front of them as we have today. And, and so what you find is you have it passing from generation to generation, but, but after only 10 generations of people that walk with God, and the Bible says that all of these men produce sons and daughters. Daughters. And no doubt those sons and daughters were living hundreds and hundreds of years, but where are the righteous? 
Where are the ones that are walking with God? Where are the just ones? And I'm convinced today that many times we are satisfied with the fact that I'm in church and we're satisfied with the fact that I'm serving God and we're satisfied with the fact that I'm saved, but we give little thought, we give little effort, we give little note of passing that on to the next generation. And, and I feel that we are, letting our, we are letting our families down by not understanding that, hey, I need to invest in my children. I need to invest in my grandchildren in such a way that our family generation, our family genealogy is always abounding in the work of the Lord. My, my, my granddaughter is, is, is not two years old, but I pray every day that God saves her. I pray every day that God uses her, uh, that, that, that she serves the Lord. I just found out that we're getting ready to have a grandson, and, and I begin praying every day that my grandson would get saved and my grandson would have a, a desire to serve the Lord because I don't want to find myself only always abounding. I want my children to be always abounding in the work of the Lord, and I want my grandchildren to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. And that that means it's going to take effort. It's going to take being above average parents. It's going to take being above average Christians. It's going to take a dedication to make sure that we're training our children to walk with God. Training our children to walk with God. What relationship does, does your children have with God? Are your children in church? Are your, do your children have a love for the ministry, a love for the things of God? Is, is your love for God, is your love for the ministry, is your love for the word of God, is that going to stop with you? Or is that going to carry on to the next generation? Now, please understand, I, I understand that, that men have a free will, and, and, and I know that there are good parents out there that, that have raised their children right and raised their children to be in church and raised their children to be godly, and then they get out in the world and they, they, they make their own choice and they make their own decisions to, to go after their own ways and, and to follow the flesh and follow. I understand all that. But what I'm asking you today is what effort are you putting into making sure your children are always abounding in the work of the Lord? What effort are you putting into your grandchildren so that to see that they are always abounding in the work of the Lord? How is it possible that the great-grandson of a righteous, godly man that walked with God, he was in the ark. He brought his sons into the ark. He brought his, their wives into the ark. How is it possible that the great-grandson of Noah could cause such damage and wickedness and because of the philosophy and the religion that came out of Babylon and out of Babel, countless numbers of people are in hell today? I, I believe when you follow the genealogy there and you, and you follow what happened to Ham, you look over at Japheth and you look over at Shem and, and you look at these different men and, and, and you understand that we are just simply a couple generations away, maybe even one generation away from a family heritage that goes off the rails. I, I am so glad 
you know, growing up on the mission field and growing up with my dad as a pastor and a missionary, we, we didn't have everything that everybody else had, and, and we couldn't go to the places that everybody else could go to. But you know what? I am so glad that my father invested in his family and developed in his family a love for God, a love for the Word of God, a love for the ministry of God, and now those children are passing it on to their children, and now we have an opportunity now to see our children passing it on to another generation. We're only one generation away from a Nimrod. We're only one generation away from a Cush. We're only one generation away from uh, godly fathers and godly mothers producing children that defile and go against everything that God intended for us to do. And so my question today is, as you look at your family and as you look at your, the way you're raising your children, as you look at your grandchildren today, what effort are you putting in to see that your children and your grandchildren are abounding in the work of the Lord? If you have grandchildren, are you doing what you can to teach them and train them? And, and it, it's not about spoiling. It's not about buying them, uh, you know, everything that they want and everything. Do they, are you developing, are you putting within your grandchildren a desire and a love to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? You that still have children at home. Are you investing in your children? Are you teaching your children? Are you causing your children to grow in the Lord? Are you teaching them the importance of walking with God? And once again, I know that all six of my children could choose to go astray. All six of my children could choose to go after the flesh and go after the world and, and live a, a deviant lifestyle. I, I understand that. But can I look at myself as a parent? Can I look at myself as a grandparent and say that I have done everything that I know to do with God's help to teach my children to always abound in the work of the Lord, to teach my grandchildren to always abound in the work of the Lord? It just boggles my mind. It, I, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that after 10 generations of people, with a population of potentially 750 million people, we could only find eight people to get in the boat. And I believe with all of my heart, I believe it was the mercy of God that God says, I have got to destroy this earth. I have got to destroy man. I've got to get this thing done. Because if something doesn't happen right now, and if I don't start with a new generation, and by the way, it's very interesting that right after this, God began working to call out Abraham, a nation that, would develop, that, that God would be able to give his law to and that God would be able to give his, his heart to and his mind to uh, so that that nation could be an influence on the rest of the world for God. But before the flood, there was nobody like that. And I believe with all my heart, if God had not caused that flood, that mankind in their in their, in their uh, desire for the flesh and in their desire for sin and in their desire for wickedness, man at his best is still vanity. And I believe that given a couple generations, I believe that the earth would have found itself with not one righteous person. Not one. You say, well, Noah was a just man and righteous. Yeah, but so was Enoch. So was Adam. So was Seth. And 
all they could find was eight people to get in that ark. And so as I was teaching that, it just really, really began to convict my heart and, and to ask myself the question, what am I doing to invest? I, as my grandchildren get older, I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can. Uh, and again, not trying to parent them. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not taking my son and daughter-in-law's place, but, but I, I want to do the best that I can when I'm around my grandchildren to put before them a desire for the Word of God, a desire to love God, a desire to, to be faithful to God, a desire to walk with God so that the generations to come will continue to have a generation to follow. You know, I'm, I'm a stensis. My father was a stensis. My children are stensis. I want the stensis name, if the Lord tarries is coming, to be a family that walked with God, a family that loved God, and a family that was concerned about their children and grandchildren abounding in the work of the Lord. And so what about your genealogy? What about the generations to follow? Are they walking with God? Do they have a desire to abound in the work of the Lord? I hope and pray that you'll have that desire. Hope and pray that you'll take a fresh look at your family and the, and the generations to follow. I hope you'll take a fresh look at that and reconsider some things in your life and maybe take a fresh focus, a fresh look and say, hey, Am I really am I more concerned about my children having things? Am I more concerned about my children having it better than I had it? Or am I concerned about my children abounding in the work of the Lord? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It is work. It's hard work serving the Lord. I, I'm not going to deny that. It is hard work, but I tell you what, it is enjoyable work. It is enjoyable to see not only your family and your children and your grandchildren, but it's enjoyable to see others that you've invested your life in who are also interested in always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. Well, that's uh, my heart today, and, and I hope that uh, that was clear with you. And uh, once again, these are just things that as I'm teaching, as I'm talking to people, as I'm involved in the ministry, these things come to my mind and uh, they're a great blessing and encouragement to me. And I hope and pray uh, that it will be to you as well. Now, don't forget, if you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. We've got many, many subscribers out there. And uh, every Friday we upload a new podcast for your encouragement and encourage your family to listen to it. And if you have a social media, maybe you have Facebook or uh, Twitter or Truth Social or whatever it is that you might have out there. I don't know all of the social media platforms, but if you do and you've got a following out there, let me encourage you to maybe uh, link this podcast so that other people might have an opportunity to listen and maybe we can be a help and a blessing to them as well. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in our next podcast, Always Abounding. Every Friday, we upload a new one for you and your family. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. 
We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.